0: This is Hope FM.
1: The Dorset Police and Crime Commissioner, um, created a couple of years ago. I can't remember what year. Um, it was two thousand. And I've got it here somewhere. Two thousand and yeah, in around then. Um, can you tell people who aren't really sure about about this because it's not a usual election. You're not uh, voting on a council or or a general election. It's for it's for the police. So for people who aren't really sure, can you give us a background to sort of why the post of that Dorset Police and Crime Commissioner? created?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it came through the Police and Reform and Social Responsibility Act in 2011, uh, which introduced uh, the Police and Crime Commissioners' uh, and panels and basically this is um, they introduced measures to make sure the police are more accountable through oversight of a directly elected individual and this, is, this individual is there to represent the public and be that public voice, so therefore that's why it was um, put through this process. To ensure that you know the public elect that person.
1: So what are the major functions then of the a police and crime commissioner or what does their job entail?
0: Um, well yeah there's 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 an awful lot of um, oversight when it comes to crime and policing and, and one of the first things that you do within your uh, your first days is to build, pull together alongside the chief constable a crime and policing plan and um, so what we look at doing is uh, developing uh, our workforce looking at resources and infrastructure. Uh, Talking about police capabilities, tackling serious crime, um, obviously, of course, improving public accountability, a really important part. Um, Importantly, as well, supporting victims, giving them a voice and and reducing antisocial behaviour and crime and preventing those through strong partnerships but that's a sweeping
1: view of course <laughs> of course um, we'll we'll get a bit a bit more into like um th- those challenges um in area both um in terms of tackling crime and also for the uh, victim support yeah. um as well in a little bit but what um you yourself claire um um why why specifically um uh, do you want to and uh, say stand for the the role of a dorset police and crime commissioner
0: Yes, well, thank you for asking. So, yeah, it's um, well, it's more than just a political race for me. I've developed my career around public service um, for communities, tackling crime and ASB for over 15 years. So, I've worked as a police special constable for several years. I worked for victim support. I currently lead a team of community safety specialists across the South West, including Dorset, as an antisocial behaviour manager for a large housing provider. Mm. Um, so yeah, I contributed on a national platform in tackling county lines through contributing to home office reports, uh, leading the way with domestic abuse um, uh, new initiatives and uh, tackling drug dealing, hate crime. And I currently actually sit on one of the Dorset Police and Crime Commissioner scrutiny panels. I joined that before I, I stood. Um, I also I also sit on Hampshire Safeguarding Board and Dorset Domestic Abuse Forum. Um, so really, for me, I really understood the fundamental need for collaboration between agencies, businesses, and the public uh, for risk re- risk reduction and mitigation with our communities, and I have built really strong relationships throughout Dorset um, and. Furthermore, that's just what's brought me to where I am today, and to cement all of that exper- experience, I did actually get an honours degree in public service, which is, you may ask, what, what on earth does that mean? It's a, it was a specialist degree uh, giving me the skills for strong governance and management of a public service. So, naturally, it brought me to where I am today, because I really, really would like to um, have influence on a local um, and national level. And really just put those skills in, in housing communities and policing um, to good practice in such an important role um, and really be a voice for the public. And, uh, you know, like I said, with my experience within, within Dorset as well, really knowing the difference from area to area, I think will really aid somebody in this, in this role.
1: You mentioned a a lot of things um, there. um, Challenges, no, all good things. um, From um, antisocial behaviour, domestic abuse, um, county lines, and also uh, community uh, policing as well. And we'll try and uh, maybe delve into all all of those points a a bit more in the time that we've got as well. But we'll start with community policing um, and particularly the role of PCSOs because when they came in initially um, there was maybe in terms of like the public perception they didn't really know what they were Um, maybe there was um, a bit of People did, didn't understand what their, their their sort of their their role was. Yeah, that people were focusing in on the fact that maybe they didn't have the power of uh, arrest and stuff, but they have proved to be um, uh, pretty important in some areas. What are your views um, on the role of uh, PCSOs?
0: Yeah, well, I you know, again from my frontline experience and working alongside PCSOs and seeing the work they do now, really, they are absolutely critical um, in terms of. Um, you know, community engagement and also community intelligence, really. Uh, It's not uncommon that the uh, PCSOs will have vital information to provide a response officer in the resolution of an investigation. Um, so, really, they are absolutely key, so I'm very supportive of uh, PCSOs, I think they're, they're absolutely vital. Obviously, I think we would always have to consider and, and, and monitor their, uh, you know, because obviously they, they are limited on their, yeah. on their tools uh, and powers, um, and also that has some safety concerns as well, doesn't it, really? Yeah. So, I think that's something that needs to have continuous review. Um, however, in terms of their role itself and what it was meant to do, I, I actually would, you know, and because I have seen that front, front line and in practice, it is very, very, um, important to the bigger picture.
1: In terms of the community, we've also seen, um, a lot of, uh, police stations, um, close I'm thinking of places like, um, uh, Wimborne or maybe, um, Uh, Ferndown um, as well um, to name, but only two um, in terms of places where people can go or maybe sometimes in the case of Bournemouth there is a a telephone outside um, the front entrance to the police and maybe um, the public don't feel that they have a a space or a place where they can uh, be face-to-face and to talk to the police directly what are the those sort of challenges in terms of um having that sort of central hub where people the public can um can can speak Mm. to speak to the police and engage with them that way
0: yeah absolutely um well just just to to really hone in on on the um having open you know offices at stations i should say the footfall when you look at the figures it was very low. Mm. Um, so really, you've got to be looking at what is the most efficient way of running, you know, a public service. And really, um, you know, I know it had mixed reviews at the time of stations closing. And, uh, you know, we would all like to see um, more visible uh, policing. I don't think that really necessarily means for the stations to be open. Mm. And like I said, it's low football. It doesn't make, um, yeah, it doesn't make financial sense. However you know when i it was actually when i was working within the police that that was actually done and we and it, you know we we moved in with the fire service which actually made sense you know mm-hmm. because actually it was you know you, you're something not all the time but some of the time you'd be going to jobs together um so yeah so there was some positives that came out of that i think the the real issue here is around visible policing and that's what people really really want and that's that's certainly a priority for me if I was successful. We've got to have more visible pre- policing and we've also got to improve our reporting as well. You know, I've spoken to lots of residents who, you know, find it really frustrating getting through on 101. So we need to look at other solutions as well and have a much more kind of forward-thinking approach to a better uh, engagement with our police service. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of there's two things, really, I think there's a visible... In policing improvement that we need to be focusing on and also the reporting tools and just going back to the um policing figures let's not forget again i was working in policing at the time is that 500 police officers were lost from dorset in austerity um which obviously at the time we understood part of the reasons behind that however you know several years later we'll be given 166 more officers through the uplift program However, it's safe to say that isn't enough. You know, we've got a growing population and we're an attractive tourist destination. Mm. So we we do really need to be lobbying for more funding for Dorset Police.
1: We'll talk about um, antisocial behaviour and also uh, drugs right now um two other things you mentioned um in the reasons yeah. why you are uh, standing for, for this role we'll start with your plans to, to reduce um, misuse of drugs uh, resulting in crime from uh, the drug industry you mentioned county lines uh before mm. uh, sort of strategies um and and policies and views around that yeah
0: i think in, in terms of county lines uh dorset is out of all the counties in the UK, it's is in the top ten mm. um, impacted by county lines. It's absolutely a, a policing priority, and actually, I must say, uh, uh, housing, community safety specialists, the teams that I lead, are absolutely critical um, in the resolution and in the, um, I suppose, uh, rectification of those those types of cases. So, in terms of the strategies, I mean, you know, for example, over in Weymouth and Portland, they have a dedicated county line yes. team, which is really, really effective and, is, you know, and work closely with housing. And really, we have to be looking at, the because the, whilst people are being exploited and, you know, homes taking over, c- cuckooing the, the term is for that, mm. we need to be looking at, Really breaking the cycle. So, for example, there's some amazing work with St. Giles, which really works with the young people in particular who are exploited through this crime and who often end up with criminal, um, you know, cr- criminal sanctions, yet they are literally being groomed and exploited and often with violence. Um, so we really need to be working with our, you know, our national crime agency and those other local authorities in the cities where uh, you know uh, where they are coming from. You know those lines are, are directly coming into Dorset. Um, so there's an awful lot of work going on already. That absolutely strong partnership working, and all partners have to be really, really aware of how serious that crime is and put interventions in place early. Um, but I do think we need to start at the very top here. And that's, you know, National Crime Agency. We need to be doing a lot more work in regards to cutting out those drug lines. In regards to sort of street use, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot, lots of thoughts around that. I think a lot of people would agree with me in, in saying uh, we've certainly lost the crime on, on cannabis or lost the um, fight against cannabis use already um, and, uh, you know, what are we going to do about that? How are we going to reform that and, and how's that going to look like in the future? Because we can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room where that's concerned. Um, also, another, in terms of other drugs, it's, you know, we need early intervention. We really, there's an enormous amount of information out there and initiatives um, that we can use to work with our, you know, with our local community. Um, you know, unfortunately, those who are, you know, uh, substance misuse it is part of their life. Um, we really need to go in there early and offer support plans and really try to engage with them on a much more local level and not criminalise all the time. Because even the Justice Minister himself said that, actually, if you increase sentencing, it doesn't actually no. uh, reduce crime and ASB.
1: We've only, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but there's still some points sure. that I, okay. want to, I, want, I want to touch upon, um, including the fact that, obviously, uh, coronavirus lockdown has affected a lot of people and maybe um, has... Uh, as has been seen uh, in the news, um, uh, maybe changed uh, the, the amount of numbers, or at least in reporting, in terms of uh, domestic um, of violence. Um, uh, thoughts uh, thoughts on those numbers and those, those rise in domestic uh, violence cases and how that's going to be dealt with out of lockdown um, and beyond in, non, in non-COVID times as well? Yeah.
0: Um, thank you for, for raising the question. And it's something I've been very close to for, for a number of years. Certainly in the last 12 months, in the pandemic, we saw an alarming increase on a global scale of ending up to 50%. More locally, you're looking at about 25, 30%. Um, It is, but like you rightly pointed out, it's not just a pandemic issue. It was there before, and um, it is really, really alarming. And to put it this way, uh, we attend daily meetings in terms of domestic abuse, high-risk victims. They're coming through daily. Um, so we really, I'm really supportive of a current uh, prevention program called DRIVE. Uh, this is an intervention program uh, for serial perpetrators of uh, domestic abuse. Um, so really, that this is the kind of thing we need to get involved in. We can't expect our, you know, the victims and survivors of of domestic abuse to uh, fix all of their problems. You know, they're always expected to move, uplift the children from school, you know, move them halfway around the country. You know, it's just not acceptable anymore and we're not willing to accept that as a solution. We have to go in at the root problem. That is the perpetrators of this crime and we need to make sure that we have all those things in place. The domestic abuse bill is obviously um, nearly through Parliament now, which is an absolutely monumental step towards change it hasn't included everything we would have wanted but it's still an absolutely momentous moment holding lots of different agencies to account and hopefully we can actually start seeing some change because the statistics have not changed for decades and, um, and we just keep going around in circles. So there's lots of positive work going on, but there's a lot more work to
1: be done. We've asked everyone else that's come on um, as well. Um, The fact that the previous um, post holder, uh, Martin Underhill, uh, was an independent. And this time, obviously, um, we've got people representing various different um parties as well why should we uh, politicize the role and why is it sort of uh, presented in a sort of political way are these people standing for these parties when um yeah. they eventually become the police and crime commissioner um they're meant to be in- impartial anyway what why is it that um these yeah. parties going up against t- each other like this why is it politicized like that do you know
0: it's a really interesting question and one of the reasons why i stood i couldn't <laughs> You know, I, I think if I was going to stand for anybody, it was going to be the Greens because mm-hmm. they, you know, they are, um, they have lots of good good early intervention ideas and they really get to the root problems of things, which is, you know, we can actually see some um, change. But in terms of the question, you know, just to note, actually, the Greens don't whip. So I'm allowed my independent mm-hmm. voice. OK, that's very different to the other parties. Um, in terms of this, the process is not set up very well for independence. Unless you're wealthy and know a lot of people in powerful positions, mm-hmm. um, you know that, that could influence how you, you would stand. Um, I do agree, though, to a, to a point where um, you know, you, of course, politics. I do. It's been really interesting for me in this process. I was standing without relevant experience, um, and actually, you know, when I look across the field of PCCs, that isn't always the case. Uh, of relevant experience in crime and policing. So actually it's been as as eye-opening for me as it has for other members of the public. Um, But I can assure you that the reasons that I'm standing is for the right reasons. This is Hope FM.